Support for Israel worldwide is collapsing as it carries out a brutal war against the Palestinian population trapped in Gaza. Polling found that support for Israel has declined in 42 out of 43 countries that were surveyed, and globally, support for Israel has fallen on average by 18.5%. In every region of the world, support for Israel is falling very quickly. There is now a net negative view of Israel all across Europe. And furthermore, there is a net negative view of Israel in Russia, in China, in Japan, in South Korea, in Australia, and throughout Southeast Asia. Basically, the only large countries that are still significantly support Israel are the United States, India, and Nigeria. Of course, the U.S. government is one of the main sponsors of Israel and is giving it billions of dollars as it carries out war crimes in Gaza. India is currently governed by a very right-wing Hindu nationalist party, the BJP, and its Prime Minister Narendra Modi see Israel as a model for the kind of religious state that they want to create, and they are close economic partners with Israel. And in the case of Nigeria and some parts of Africa, there is a growing population of evangelical Christians and Christian Zionists who are motivated to support Israel by the religious ideology, but they actually often don't really know anything about the political conflict in Israel-Palestine. I should point out that there is also an increasing number of evangelical Christians across Latin America, and previously there had been more support for Israel because of religious reasons, but all across Latin America, now people are becoming very critical of Israel because of its brutal war in Gaza, and that is true even among many Protestant Christians. Now, all of that said, I should point out that there are some weaknesses of this poll. It was conducted by the Western polling firm Morning Consult, so it's largely concentrated in the West and in very large countries, and it only looked at 43 countries. So unfortunately, many countries in the Global South did not participate. But you can see very clearly, despite the limitations of the poll, that in Europe, Asia, Latin America, and in parts of Africa, support for Israel has completely collapsed. Of course, a country's reputation tends to decline when it's facing formal charges of genocide at The Hague. I'll discuss this a bit later in the analysis today, but South Africa has formally introduced a case in the International Court of Justice that accuses Israel of genocide against the Palestinian people, and many countries across the Global South have expressed their support for this case, accusing Israel of genocide. And even before South Africa introduced this case in the International Court of Justice, top United Nations experts have been warning for months, starting in November, that the Palestinian people are at risk of genocide, and they have warned publicly that Israeli politicians have blatantly stated genocidal intent and made genocidal incitement. While it's committing rampant war crimes against civilians in Gaza, Israel is also completely destroying the civilian infrastructure and blowing up universities intentionally, just blowing up universities, because the goal is that Israel 
wants to prevent Palestinians from ever returning to Gaza. Its goal is to expel them from their homes, to ethnically cleanse them, and it's genocide. So this obviously explains why, across the planet, people are have a very negative view of Israel as it's engaged in genocide. This polling information was originally published in Time magazine in an article titled, New Polling Shows How Much Global Support Israel Has Lost. The article revealed that globally support for Israel has dropped by an average of 18.5 percentage points, and it has fallen in 42 out of the 43 countries polled, especially in countries like China, South Africa, Brazil, and other parts of Latin America. However, what's also very fascinating about this poll is it shows that even in longtime U.S. allies, Israel is extremely unpopular. For instance, in Japan, the total net favorability rating of Israel declined from negative 40% to negative 62%. What does that mean, by the way? What is net favorability? You take the number of people who have a positive view of Israel, and then you subtract the number of people who have a negative view of Israel. So in some ways, this polling is actually a bit conservative. The percentage is not the total percentage of people who have a negative view of Israel. It is the net number of people. So you have to subtract the number who have a positive view. So it's actually more than 62% of people in Japan who have a negative view of Israel, the vast majority of people. Furthermore, in South Korea, there was previously a net favorability view of Israel of negative 5.5, and it has fallen to negative 47.8. Again, that's the total number of people who have a positive view, and then subtracting the total of number of people who have a negative view. So that's the majority of people in South Korea. And even in the United Kingdom, one of the U.S.'s closest allies, Israel's net favorability has fallen from negative 17 to negative 30%. This is a huge decline. The United States is now the only remaining rich developed country where there is a net positive view of Israel. And that has slightly declined. There was a previous net favorability of 18.2 and it has fallen 2.2 percentage points to 16%. And this is from September to December. All of this polling is from December, September to December. So again, I should point out, this doesn't mean that 16% of people in the U.S. have a negative view of Israel. It means that when you take all of the people who support Israel and then subtract the number of people who oppose Israel, who have a negative view of Israel, there is a slight net sum of people who have a positive view larger than the people who have a negative view of just 16%. Now, another very important part of this poll that I should highlight is that U.S. support is also declining around the world because, of course, the United States is sponsoring Israel as it carries out war crimes in Gaza. In Egypt, which is one of the closest U.S. allies in the region, it's actually the second largest recipient of U.S. military aid after Israel. In Egypt, the favorability rating of the United States went from positive, a net positive of 41, to a net negative of negative 15%. That is a massive decline in the favorable 
views of the United States in Egypt. Furthermore, even in Saudi Arabia, a longtime U.S. ally, the net favorability was positive 12.2% in September. As of December, it had declined to negative 10.5%. So a majority of people in Egypt and Saudi Arabia now have a negative view of the United States. They previously, as of a few months ago, had a positive view. Now, why is this happening? Well, it's very easy to explain. This is what happens when you are carrying out genocide before the entire world and the international community is watching you commit genocide. And South Africa has formally introduced a case in the International Court of Justice, the top United Nations judicial authority, accusing Israel of genocide. And Foreign Policy Magazine is normally a kind of propaganda organ for the U.S. government, but every now and then they publish an article that does acknowledge some important truths. And I want to briefly look at an article here published in Foreign Policy titled, Why the Global South Supports Pretoria's ICJ Genocide Case. Of course, the ICJ is the International Court of Justice at The Hague. It's different from the International Criminal Court. The ICJ is a United Nations body. The ICC, the International Criminal Court, is not a United Nations body. The ICJ is, it's the top United Nations legal authority. And this article says very clearly, quote, the fact that South Africa has brought the case and that the United States has reflexively opposed it has further diminished U.S. credibility among Africans and shattered the notion that Washington stands for a rules-based order. Now, of course, this is part of the propaganda I was talking about. The Global South has always known that the so-called rules-based order is actually a Western order. They've always known the Western powers are hypocritical and they constantly violate international law when it suits them. In fact, back in 2022, France's former top diplomat, Gérard Arrault, who was previously France's ambassador to both the United States and Israel, in 2022, he gave a very revealing interview in which he admitted that the so-called rules-based order was actually a Western order based on hegemony. He used the term hegemony, and he admitted that the U.S. government constantly violates international law. Here's a clip of that video from back in 2022. Well, I, to be frank, I've always been extremely skeptical about this idea of rules-based order. You know, really... <laughs> Uh, personally, for instance, look, I was the permanent representative to the United Nations. Uh, we love the United Nations, but the Americans not too much, you know. Uh, and and actually, when you look at uh, the hierarchy of the United Nations, everybody there is 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 ours. You know, the Secretary General is is Portuguese. He was South Korean. But when you look at all the Under Secretary General, all of them really are either American, French, British, and so and so on. Uh, when you look at the, at the World Bank, when you look at the AMF, and, and so on. Now, so that's a, a, a first element. This order is, is our order. And the second element is also that actually uh, this order is reflecting the balance of power in 1945. And is you know, you look at the permanent members of the Security Council, you know, really, uh, people forget that if China and Russia are obliged to oppose their veto, it's because, frankly, the Security Council 
is all, most of the time, 95% of the time, as a, a Western-oriented majority. Uh, so, so disorder, uh, frankly, and and you can also be sarcastic because when the Americans uh, basically want to do whatever they want, if, including when it's against the international law, as they define it, they do it. And that's the vision that the rest of the world has of disorder. You know, really, when uh, when I was in uh, the United Nations is a fascinating spot because you have ambassadors of all the countries and, and you can have conversation with them. And uh, the vision they, they project of the world, their vision of the world is certainly not uh, a world uh, uh, a rules-based order. It's a Western order. And they accuse us of double standard hypocrisy and, and, and so on and, and so on. I did a longer video about this and I have an article explaining it over at geopoliticaleconomy.com. I will link to that in the description below for people who want to do more research. But getting back to this report in Foreign Policy magazine, it admits that, quote, many nations in the so-called global south perceive blatant hypocrisy in Europe and the United States condemnation of an illegal occupation in Ukraine while continuing to staunchly back Israel despite the rising death toll in Gaza and settler violence in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. And while the U.S. continues to send billions of dollars of weapons and military assistance to Israel, it's carrying out blatant war crimes every single day. Even the Secretary General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, who is a Portuguese politician and is very biased against the Global South, he has been one of the worst modern United Nations Secretary Generals, being so biased in the interest of the West. And yet even he has been forced to speak out recently and calling Israel's war crimes unacceptable. And as of January 21st, 25,000 Palestinians were killed by Israel in just 100 days of brutal bombing of Gaza. And Antonio Guterres, the biased Portuguese UN Secretary General, he said, quote, Israel's military operations have spread mass destruction and killed civilians on a scale unprecedented during my time as Secretary General. This is heartbreaking and utterly unacceptable. The Middle East is a tinderbox. We must do all we can to prevent conflict from igniting across the region. I have a separate video about that, which I'll link to in the description below, in which I explain how the United States and Israel are trying to expand this into a regional war. The U.S. is bombing Yemen and Iraq and Syria. Israel, in addition to bombing Gaza and carrying out genocide, Israel is also bombing Lebanon and Syria. The U.S. and Israel are threatening Iran. Of course, the U.N. Secretary General, this Portuguese biased politician, he's too afraid of openly criticizing the U.S. and the Israeli war drive. But finally, at least he's saying something about the horrific mass destruction that Israel has carried out with 25,000 dead Palestinians in 100 days. And most of the casualties are women and children. The vast majority of the Palestinians killed by Israel are civilians. And furthermore, thousands of Palestinians are likely dead, but their bodies have remained uncounted because they've been trapped under rubble because Israel has destroyed 
most of the buildings and damaged most of the buildings in Gaza, making almost everyone in the entire Gazan population homeless. And finally, I should point out that there's been a lot of propaganda, not only from the Israeli government, but also from the U.S. government, from President Joe Biden himself, claiming that we supposedly cannot trust the death statistics being reported by the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza. I did a separate video in an article about that explaining how it's completely bogus, how ironically the U.S. State Department has for many years used the Palestinian Health Ministry in Gaza's data in its own reports because it has a long history of being accurate and how numerous scientific studies have been published in the top medical journal, The Lancet. These are peer-reviewed scientific studies that show that the death toll in Gaza is accurate, and if anything, it's probably conservative. It probably understates the number of Palestinians who have been killed by Israel with U.S. backing. So when Biden tries to deny the death toll, he's simply trying to cover up the fact that he is blatantly complicit in genocidal crimes against humanity. And by the way, on the subject of the Global South supporting Palestine and also backing the charges of genocide against Israel, I should point out that, as always, Latin America is helping to lead the way in opposition to imperialism and neocolonialism. And numerous countries in Latin America have either publicly endorsed and expressed their support for South Africa's case in the International Court of Justice accusing Israel of genocide. And a few of them, including Mexico and Chile, have also recommended that Israeli officials be charged in the International Criminal Court for war crimes committed in Gaza. And these include Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Cuba, Mexico, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. All of these governments have publicly endorsed the charges against Israel or called for new charges against Israel. All of them have expressed their support for Palestinian human rights, and they express the will of many people across the global south who can clearly see that what Israel is doing is an extension of the very same genocidal colonialist crimes committed against the indigenous peoples of the Americas by the European colonialists, by the settler colonialists who founded the United States and Canada and Australia, or the colonial crimes committed in Africa, or the colonial crimes committed in Asia. Nicaragua's foreign ministry published an official statement that said, quote, Nicaragua urges Israel to put an end to its actions against the Palestinian people, to cease its military operations in Gaza, and to respect its obligations under the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of Genocide. As a state party to the 1948 convention, Nicaragua has the duty to prevent and punish genocide, as well as the duty to cooperate to that end. Now, in response to the official charges of genocide at The Hague, what was the response of the Israeli government? Far-right Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said in a speech, he said, quote, Nobody will stop us, not The Hague. That is an incredible quote. Read that again. Nobody will stop us, not The Hague. He's saying that we don't care what the United Nations top legal authority says. We don't care about international law. We're going to carry out genocide and nobody will stop us. And of course, it's because the United States 
is sponsoring this and the US is going to prevent any consequences because every single time there is a resolution in the UN Security Council calling for peace in Gaza, the US uses its veto power to kill that resolution, therefore protecting Israel, therefore the United States is what is allowing Israel to carry out genocide and war crimes. If it were not for Washington's steadfast support, Israel would not be able to carry out these crimes against humanity. Therefore, they are U.S.-Israeli crimes. It's amazing to see how this case that South Africa has introduced against Israel and the International Court of Justice accusing it of genocide, which is really also against the U.S., accusing the U.S. of genocide, of, of being directly complicit in facilitating this genocide. It's amazing to see how this has led many countries in the global south to speak out, to stand up against neocolonialism and the crimes, historical crimes that continue today of colonialism. The official presidency office, the office of the president of Namibia in Africa, released a powerful statement condemning Germany because the German government, the world's leader in genocide, the top, you know, the top leader in human history on genocide, Germany published a statement supporting Israel in this case, and that is to say supporting Israel's genocide against the Palestinian people. And in response, Namibia's government said, quote, on Namibian soil, Germany committed the first genocide of the 20th century in 1904 to 1908, in which tens of thousands of innocent Namibians died in the most inhumane and brutal conditions. The German government is yet to fully atone for the genocide it committed on Namibian soil. So I think this is why Western governments are so concerned about this case at The Hague, because it's opening Pandora's box so the formerly colonized countries can finally try to get a little justice from the Western imperial powers that colonized them and that stole their wealth and that developed through colonialism and slavery and genocide. This is why the war that Israel is waging with U.S. support is not simply just a war in the region. This is an international conflict, and it is part of a shifting geopolitical order toward a more multipolar world in which the global South countries, which represent the global majority, which have been ostracized and silenced and oppressed for centuries since the rise of European colonialism, are standing up and demanding equality, demanding a voice, demanding new international institutions so they can no longer be enslaved and exploited by the Western capitalist imperialist powers. It's an incredible historical moment, and I will always be reporting on these very important stories here at Geopolitical Economy Report. I'm Ben Norton. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Please like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. It helps to promote this material in the algorithm. And if you prefer listening, all of our videos are available as a podcast. Just look up the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. I will see you all next time.